podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Got my buddy coming straight from the Team USA party room, Scott. Scott, we're finally back. Uh, guess who's back? Back again. Leave the pins back. Tell a bunch of friends. Um, so, you know, we say it all the time. It's kind of become a running joke during my golf season coaching now that we only come out when the big events happen. And this was a pretty big party event, Scott. We had the Ryder Cup back to odd number years like it was prior to 9-11. So we're back on that schedule every two years, odd number years, coming out of Whistling Straits, Cola, Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, give me your overriding thoughts right off the bat of it. Uh, in all honesty, that my <laughs> only thought is just absolute and total domination by the U.S. This wasn't close at all. Um, I have some uh, opinions as to why that is, but I, I, this was it was everything it was promised to be when it was you know whistling straight, Steve Stricker. I feel like this is the performance we've been waiting for from a U.S. team, and we finally got it. It it definitely, uh, first off, you know, there's there's the idea of the paper tiger, right? Where on paper, this team is dominant. They can't be beat. Let's take a look at their world rankings. Let's take a look at who's coming in hot, all that stuff. But the reason why we play sports and why we play the game is because you can't go off of being a paper tiger. Like, you need to go out and prove it. Right. Um, but if there was ever a mismatched pairings between the U.S. and Europe, I mean, this year was it. I feel like, I feel like if we lost this year, this may have set the U.S. Ryder Cup back fifty years. You know what? You might be right. You know what's interesting about that is that this is the first team in like how long that doesn't have like generational talents like Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods on it, and not that. Some of these players don't have the potential to be that, but it, it, as you were just talking there, I'm just, I was just thinking like, how long has it been since Phil's been one of, on one of these teams? He's not on this one, and you get this kind of performance. Just really interesting. Yeah, it was so. it was funny because in the team pictures at the end, you really had a distinct delineation between the old guard. And the new Ryder Cup team. So Phil was back there. Strix was back there. Um, you had Davis Love back there. Zach you know, all these guys. Yeah, ZJ was out there. All these guys that for years were kind of the good old boys club of the Ryder Cup. And like you said, not a single one was on this year's team. Let's, let's run down the team for everybody real quick. Um, we had Morikawa. Cantley, Shoffley, Daniel Berger, Harris English, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, those were all the rookies right there. So before we even get to anybody else, those rookies went off and won 14 points. Okay, that's 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 enough it's for absurd. the cup almost. Right? <laughs> like so 
All, all you needed was half a point from the JTs, the Speeths, you know, the Brysons, the Brookses, the DJs. That's all you needed mm-hmm. was half a point because these friggin' rookies banged out 14 points, which was just, you know, astronomical. It was a, a rookie record um, since the 28-point system has come into play. So, so just absolutely phenomenal. And what was what was crazy too? And, and here's the deal with the Ryder Cup. Like this is an exhibition, right? I mean, it, right. it means nothing. Um, you know, you can say they're playing for the pride and country and stuff, and and that's fine. I mean, half the European guys live in the U.S. anyway. But it's a great exhibition to put golf on a big stage. Um, and you never truly get everybody. You know, you look. You're not going to get all 28 guys on both sides playing their top game. You know, like Rory hadn't been playing well, and that kind of showed. But mm-hmm. when he was selected based off the points, like he was playing well. Morikawa was playing great and hasn't been in good form lately. He was a guy that picked it up and, and stepped into good form. So a lot of these matchups really depend on just what's going on that week. It's, it's like a regular golf tournament. You know, some yeah, guys yeah, get hot, some guys don't. If, if we played this, Scott, next week, Maybe Europe makes it a little bit closer. I don't think they win, but maybe they make it a little bit closer. Right. Well, and there's also the you know course set up. Like this course was obviously set up to be friendly to the U.S. team because that's sort of captain's privilege. So, Correct. I, I mean, it just it's the 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 perfect storm, as it were. You get a bunch of guys who are playing really well, um, who are uh, new Ryder Cup blood, who. For them, maybe it's not like a, a chore. Like, this is cool for them. It's something they really want to do. They really wanted to go out and win. And you had a, Europe, a bunch of guys on the European team who didn't have good weeks. So that's just a recipe for, you know, what was it? Oh, yeah, 19 to 9. Yeah. So, um, and, and easily, easily could have been more than that. You know, if they wanted to do go the college football route of trying, like, to impress the voters and the coaches and the AP poll and make it 72, nothing, you know, like they could have gone off and won 21 points and set an all time record. And there were some concessions at the end and there were some, you know, matches that people were just willing to have to get to the celebration and to get to the party at the end. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. The, the one that like kind of stands out to me was the, the speed match. I kind of feel like you just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'll just get through this one and call it a day. We already won. Yeah, I mean, that, that you know, and the thing is, it was kind of a foregone conclusion when you're up by six points. Exactly. In the, you know, the singles day. I mean, they needed three and a half points. Um, they come out kind of full, all guns blazing and, uh, you know, take care of that pretty early. Uh, before well, we get to the Sunday well, Sunday. And not only that, I mean, they took care of it convincingly, but we'll, we'll get there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, one match went to 18. Is that right? I mean, uh, on Saturday, in the first in the first five, which Morikawa was the fifth match. Morikawa Hovland was the fifth match out. Um, that was the only match that went to eighteen. Okay, and then and then earlier in the week, I mean, I I remember. Look, there's so much golf, even though there's not a lot because there's not many groups in the course. There's still so much golf in those three mm-hmm. days and different pairings and whatnot. I remember Shane Lowry dropping that big putt on eighteen, and then mm-hmm. honestly. Besides that, I mean, myself personally, I didn't, I didn't get to see 18 at all. And 18 is a, a great hole. I mean, remember back yep. to, to DJ blowing yep. the PGA. I mean, that's, that's a hole with mm-hmm. some history. Exactly. 
Um, so before we get to the Sunday singles, like I was saying, listen, I, I, I got to ask you because obviously people are, are very polarized by the Ryder Cup. Some people, you know, love it. Some people don't know why we do it. Some people are Team USA. Some people are Team Europe. But what's your overall thought, kind of your overarching experience with the Ryder Cup? You know, someone that's been watching golf for 30 plus years now. What do I think of it? I think it's cool. I'm glad it's every two years. I certainly wouldn't want it every year. Um, I do think this year I was a, a little bit more excited about it because there were some younger players who hadn't been around there before who I really do like on, on both teams. And I, I was particularly into it this year. Um, but I feel like it had gotten a little stale for me. I am kind of glad it, it didn't happen last year. Cause it, again, like the, the extra year, I think made me want it a little bit more. Um, but it had gotten sort of dull for me. I definitely I like don't. Th- I will also say this. I don't think it lives up to the hype. I, I, okay. First off, I, I agree with you. I don't think anything really can, you know, the you know master, what I'm saying? I don't think masters does. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give you that. I'm gonna give you that. And the Masters is played every year too. This is every every yeah. two years. Um, you're right. You're right. You know what else does for me too? Honestly, like the Open Championship does. Like sure. the Open Championship never, never disappoints me. Right. The the Ryder Cup is like it's like a weird mistress. You know, like sometimes it gets you, and then other times it's so aloof and wants and you want to have nothing to do with it. Look, I'm not gonna lie. I let all the people know right now. My St. Louis Cardinals are in the midst of a record-breaking win streak. They're at 16 wins in a row now, the highest National League record. Uh, tied all time with the New York Giants. That's how far back this win streak goes. We went from four and a half games out of the wild card to a six-game lead. They have consumed my every minute of television watching as well as that awful football team that we choose to root for that wears green. Mm. Um, So the Ryder Cup... Literally this weekend, the Ryder Cup was third in my sporting watch list. Um, I watched a tiny bit of Sunday singles. I watched a lot more on Friday because I was at work. Yep, same here. <laughs> I was more at work than I was you know, at home doing stuff. Um, but I used to be somebody that hunkered down and would watch nine, ten hours of the Ryder Cup. And... Maybe it's life, you know, kind of getting in the way of all that stuff and different priorities and getting older. I don't have the time for it, but a lot of it seems it it seems too commercialized now. Right. Everyone wants a hand in it. The 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 PGA makes so much money. You know, uh, the RNA makes so much money. uh, Kohler make so much money it look let's be honest it's the real reason they didn't want to hold it last year you could say all you want that well the Ryder Cups needs you know needs fans and the Ryder Cup only works without the excitement of the fans stuff like that but uh, again the the the, the whole fan experience is like everyone you talk to says it's the worst experience watching a tournament because there's so many people and there's only you know look on on Friday morning there's four matches out there Right. So yeah, there's no there's no spread. No, not at all. So 
unless you're in the hospitality tent watching it on TV, which you could do at home, you're out there mucking it up with 25, 35,000 people spread over four holes instead of that spread over 18 holes in an entire day. Right. And it's not like a typical tournament where you could find a group that maybe isn't going to have, you know, a particularly large gallery following them and just kind of stick with them just to check out some golf. And it's going to be every group's going to be packed. Every group has stars in it. So there you right. go. Because every group matters. Every point matters. And so you have you have this conundrum where you're either going to try to follow maybe the lead group and get ahead of everybody um, or you're going to sit on a hole, wait for all the groups to come in, and then jump four or five holes ahead, mm-hmm. and wait for those groups to come in again. And you know, and like for me, that's never been on my bucket list of events to go to. Now we know it's coming up to Bethpage the next time that it comes back to the U.S. I mean, that's a course you yep. and I grew up on. That's not far away. I mean, it's less than two hours for both of us. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really have. I don't have a desire to to go and see that. I think I think too that this is an event that um, personifies itself a lot better on television than it does in person. Definitely, and I think it it definitely does because you can follow the groups on TV a lot easier than you can follow them while you're there. I mean, if there's four groups out, you know, let's say four matches going on, all four of those mean something. You can follow that at home, but you really can't do that while you're out on the grounds. You, you know, obviously you can, you know, look at scoreboards and, you know, word of mouth and you can hear roars and things like that, but it's not the same. So I, I definitely, I, I, I'm sort of on the fence about whether or not I want to head to Beth Page. If I do, it'll probably be for a practice round. Um, but uh, I definitely do, would prefer to see what's going on on TV where I can follow everything. And if I go, it definitely wouldn't be for Sunday because I want to see what's going on with all those matches. Yeah. And we know from experience, I mean, any tournament practice rounds are the best in terms of fan experience. I love it. It's it's the, it really is the best. I just don't, you know, I don't like being around a lot of people to begin with. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so look, a lot of different kind of storylines and, and, uh, threads that come off this, this U S victory. One of the biggest ones is, could this be the start of U S dominance with this rookie class, with the veterans that they have kind of coming into their peak, the European side being a little bit depleted of their older guys. I mean, it's probably Westwood's last. Ryder Cup. It's probably Poulter's last Ryder Cup. It's Sergio's got, you know, maybe one more left in him. Casey, maybe he's got one more left in him. So we we asked the fans out there through Instagram. We got a few questions. Uh, Jcus33 says, can a run like the Euros had be something the United States gets on? I would think so. I mean, like you said, all those rookies... I mean, that's such a huge, it, it, it really is such a, it, it, it's such a, it makes such a big difference having. You, you have to figure that those guys, there's five of them. You got to figure mm-hmm. at least four are going to make it to the next team. You know what I'm saying? And, and then there's at least three or four of those guys, which are going to be on 
gosh, I would say Ryder Cup in perpetuity, but at least the next two or three. It's that that class of 2011, that that Spieth, JT, Xander Schauffele class. That's like the group that everyone's been talking about for so long. And now you add that in, add, you know, Scheffler and Morikawa to that group. Right, add Bryce and add Brooks, which are all you know they're a, a tiny bit older, but not not well, Bryce and Brooks. And then you throw them in the mix. <laughs> yeah, you know it's I I find it hard to believe. You know, obviously anything can happen because it's golf, but that is the foundation of a really really you know dominant team for a long time. And who's the next like up and comer for the Euros? I, I mean. Obviously, Victor Hovland, but who's after yeah, that? Yeah, you got me. I mean, Rom was an absolute beast up until Sunday. Hovland is, you know, a guy that you'd have to assume is going to be on the next seven to eight Ryder Cup teams. You know, if you're if you're projecting that far out, um, I would think so. But but you got to figure over the next. The next seven or eight Ryder Cup teams, you got to figure Poulter's a captain, Casey's a captain, Westwood's a captain. Like all the guys now that mm-hmm. were their big guns that really led that that European um, juggernaut over the last 15, 20 years, you know, they're all going to be gone. I mean, you've got right. you got Matt Fitzpatrick, um, you know, gosh, seems like a great kid, but uh, he didn't do anything out there. Yeah, exactly. And then you also you you have Justin Rose who wasn't on this team. You know, I, who knows if he'll make another one? I right. think he would, but right, you'd figure he's another captain probably. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I I definitely I, I'd be very hard pressed to bet against the U.S. over the next three years. Uh, right. Next three Ryder Cups. Sorry, next three Ryder Cups. But here's here's the biggest thing. You mentioned it in the beginning. Captain's choice, captain's setup. This course was set up for the U.S. It took advantage of one thing that we are dominant in, and that's length off the tee. It was Mm -hmm. personified by Bryson in the Sunday singles against Sergio. I mean, the stupidest of tee shots. The dude drives the green and then drops the 40-foot eagle putt. Um, You remember on Saturday... All three guys in the group go left on that dog leg right par five. And he's mm-hmm. like, nope, I'm going to hit it 418 across the water and have a flip wedge in, you know, to set up a, a tap in eagle. Right. It's just stupid. Now, when you get to Europe, we struggle. I mean, struggle. We suck. That's the right. bottom line. We haven't won in Europe in like 25 years. So it's not that we struggle. We flat out can't play there. Um, because what are they going to do in two years? They're going to minimize the United States advantage in distance. There's going to be a lot of dog legs. They'll move the tees around. So trouble comes into play and grow, you know, grow the rough real high. Yep. Yep. So driving accuracy becomes a premium member. Like just think of Phil at Celtic matter. I mean, the mm-hmm. dude got blown off the face of the earth, um, because he couldn't hit a fairway. So if, if we can win the next Ryder cup, in Europe and celebrate on their soil, then I think we're on to something. So I don't want to jump the gun. Um, so Jay Cuss, I don't want to jump the gun and say that the U.S. can be on that type of run, but see me in two years. Yeah. This date in two years, they win, and then I'm all, you know, I'm mortgaging the house on it. 
again, a lot can happen in two years. You don't know who's going to be, you know, who's going to be next for the Euros. You don't know what kind of shape some of these Americans are going to be in. You know, uh, who knows? Anything could happen. You know, people could decide they're not playing. People could have, you know, go back into slumps. So it's hard to say, but I do feel like this is a this is a stellar group. For sure. All right, next question. Oh, this is these are kind of like double questions. Uh, all right, we'll we'll take Jay Dunham eight three twos. He said, "Would you have liked to see a Brooks Bryson pair?" And the other one that was close to that said, "If you were Stricker, Bryson Brooks had to play together. Where would you put them at?" Um, so we can kind of combine those. Scott, I'm going to go on record as saying this. People, I told you all along, this was a professional wrestling work. This was a WWE style work. We said it from the get go. There's mm-hmm. no real bad blood. This Brooks-Bryson feud has done nothing at all except to create a bump in their pip standings. It has done nothing at all except to increase their social media presence. And now they are selling merch based off on it. So you're welcome. Three and a half months ago, I told you this wasn't real. Mm-hmm. I had this gut feeling. Look. These these guys, they're I said all the time, they're not tough guys. Like they're not going to go out there and fight. There's an ulterior motive. Their teams got together and said, "Hey, we should play up what social media is saying." And mm-hmm. you know, Bryce even said he's like, "Oh, we got something big planned." Now today, Brooks comes out with these T-shirts that they're selling. Come on. I I don't know that they like love each other. Like they're they're probably not hanging out after the round. No, but they're but, more- but I but but they are definitely not there's no hate there. They're like your work acquaintances, not your work friends that you hang out mm-hmm. with at work, but someone that you see, you small talk, you chit chat with, and then you go your own ways. There's no animosity. You know, maybe you hear that, oh, I heard this person may have said something about you. Ah, whatever. I don't know. I never talked mm-hmm. to them. And I think some of the the reactions to things i i think it's one of those things like you do this i'll do that don't tell me what's going on so like uh, some of like the the reactions that like brooks had to dechambeau like walking by like with his spikes in the interview like uh, kevka didn't know bryson was going to do that so so the reaction to that is the like He's got to like stop himself from being like, oh yeah, that's a good one, you know, yes. and react the way he reacts. I, I I was in the not a work camp, and I feel like I have jumped ship into the it was a work camp. So I mean, let's let's look at who benefited. Obviously, both of them on both sides with their social media presence. Bryson has grown into a spectacle worthy of, you know, full-time ESPN coverage. Michelob Ultra on Brooks's side got mm-hmm. into it. You know, all their sponsors benefited. So it, it's a win-win. Um, a win-win-win because the PGA Tour also benefits from exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, would I have liked to see them together? Yeah. Actually, I would. Like, the rider, this is an exhibition. It doesn't matter. No one cares no one's life's on the line. No one's livelihood is on the line. You get nothing but a little trophy. So, yes, turn it into the spectacle that you want it to be. I would have put them out first thing on Friday morning together. 
I actually don't think they're a terrible pairing. I, I think that you have, you know, Kepka is very steady and you have DeChambeau who, eh, you know what, for the most part, he, he is fairly steady, but every now and again, he's good for like a ridiculous drive as we saw. So, yep. you know what, you get Kepka, he puts one in the fairway that gives DeChambeau an opportunity to, you know, knock one four fifteen or something. Uh, why not? Why, why not? Yeah. I mean, I do. I disagree about putting them first out on Friday. I, I really did like the Spieth and JT there because I kind of feel like they're the, the spiritual captains. Um, oh, yeah. Look, in terms of yeah. strategy, Spieth and JT make the most sense. I mean, yeah. the perfect sense. Uh, but in terms of spectacle, you know, you oh, want. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Want eyes on this? Like the Ryder Cup again, it 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 means nothing. Why not turn it into a WrestleMania esque spectacle and have people from outside the sport wanting to come in and, and see this? But yes, I was I was honestly I was disappointed that they weren't together. And honestly, this makes me give even more props, even though he lost to Hal Sutton, putting together Phil and Tiger. He at least gave the people what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Except everyone wanted that, except for Tiger and Phil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and honestly, probably Brooks and Bryson were probably the same way. But how great would it have been if they actually kind of got mad at each other, you know, out on the course? It would have been great. Well, supposedly they they asked they asked them to put them out there together. So yeah, they didn't want. Yeah, I, they he uh, yeah, yeah. There's, I, Hey, there's a lot of chefs that got have a lot of hands in that Ryder yeah. Cup pot. Saturday afternoon. You know, we'll mix it up. Why not throw him out there? Yeah. Um, look, you know, I'm a big Brooksy fan. And I mean, the guy endeared himself to me yet again uh, with mm-hmm. the European rules officials. They wouldn't give him the drop he wanted. And he was like, look, all right. But if I break my wrist, like it's it's effing on you two. <laughs> I, you know, what? I, I really do. I was explaining this to someone at work today. Like the what I love about him is that he he fully embodies the you know I, I don't care about anything. I D G A F. He totally does not. He's like whatever. I'm gonna say what I want. I'm gonna do what I want. I'm disgustingly rich. I'm engaged to a model. Like I I don't care. Like what are you gonna do to me? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So no, it's I, it's it's phenomenal. What's even mm-hmm. better is that his game backs it up. Like, well, there you go. Well, that's that. Here's the thing. You can't have that attitude unless you also have some game. No, that's yeah, that's the truth. Like, like, you know, it's the old fig jam for Phil, you know? Exactly. Just that. Well, that's the thing. Like the Phil's Philness wouldn't work for anyone but Phil. Right. Exactly. Um, All right. We'll get to one more question. Uh, AP says, who are the best and worst players? On each team. All right, so we got we got to go through now, and and basically give a team MVP and then a team least valuable player. I I mean the team MVP for Team USA has to be DJ. Has to be. Has to be. I I, I mean a bunch of guys played really well, but uh, that was just absurd. So hey Scott. Oh oh hey DJ. Hey, you mind uh, if I interrupt your segment? <laughs> Go for it, man. I kind of figured you'd be out on a jet ski celebrating today, but 
Oh, Scott, you know you should never drive a jet ski if you're inebriated. Well, I guess there was a lot of champagne uh, getting thrown around at the uh, celebration yesterday. Did you happen to see? No, Scott, we didn't throw it. We drank it. Fair, fair, fair enough. Did you happen to see my little man's Xander Schauffele blazing on the uh, cigar? Uh, I didn't see that. Hey, Scott. Go ahead. It wasn't, it, it wasn't a cigar. Did, uh, <laughs> did Robert Garrigus help him out or do you, Scott, you took care of that? I don't even know who that is because I don't uh, even know my own name right now. That, that must be some great champagne. It was fantastic. A little bit of the bubbly. Mm. Mm. Uh, let me ask you a question, DJ. Who who do you think was the, the weak link on the U.S. team this year? Ooh, probably Zach Johnson. He sucked. Well, Zach Johnson didn't play. Oh. So um, maybe that's why he didn't get any points. You know what? Honestly, Tony Finau didn't do too much for me, Scott. Tony Finau. Okay, that's fair. He's passed out on the couch next to me right now. Uh, okay. He could be dead. Not sure. I was going to say, it's been a while since anyone checked on him. Mm, no, I've been busy. Gotcha. Understood. The young players on the team asked me, DJ, if I could hang with them partying. Well, they should know better. I laughed and said, not only that, but I'll record a podcast as well. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you came on, DJ. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. You know, Ian Poulter beat Tony Fee now, and he's old. Uh, I do know that. I do know that. That's, uh, I did want to talk about that a little bit. The, some of the, the aging members on the European team. So, Scott? Mm-hmm. I have no idea what you just said. I understand. How many points did I win this weekend? Uh, what was it? Five? God damn, I'm good, Scott. Uh, you, you really are. As much as we like to kid, you are spectacular. I have one question for you and all the listeners, Scott. So what's up? After my performance, is it good enough to get all the sandwiches? You can get all the sandwiches, and if you want, we'll even throw in one of those peach ice cream sandwiches, because, you know, you got to go with that, too. You know I like those, Scott. That, that's probably the one of the better things they have there. Real quick, I heard you and Dan talk about your favorite team, Wales Green. All I've seen is green the last few days, Scott. Well, I, I think it's good that, you know, the sponsors are hooking you up with lots of money. Um, okay, Scott. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we should probably stop before the PGA Tour uh, listens in on this and you need to, you know, take a week or two off to recover for injuries. Yeah, listen, if you see that I got hurt or something, it's not true, guys. I failed another drug test. Bye. Oh, boy. Uh, well, anyway, I, I guess until Dan gets back, because 
I'm sure he missed the DJ interview right there. Um, I, I was saying DJ is uh, the you know obviously the clearly the best player on the U.S. team. Um, I would have a hard time picking a worst, uh, but I'm going to go with. Uh, and as much as it pains me to say this, um, I, I feel like Jordan Spieth probably did the least with the highest expectations. Hey, yeah, um, I caught that. I think I think you're right. Um, but look, let's you know. Everyone played awesome, right? And, yeah. and and a win takes care of everything. And I think it's also fair to mention with Spieth how a year ago he would mm-hmm. not have been on this team. No, not at all. You know, like what he's done in it, what he's everybody has again, golf fans have the shortest memory. Nobody, nobody is even thinking about where he was a year ago now. He's just back to being Jordan Spieth again. Yeah. Here's the thing with Spieth, it, whatever it is, and, I, and again, obviously we're not in the team room. What Spieth brings to the, the team as a whole cannot be measured simply in the points he earns on the course. Would you agree with that statement? I, I, uh, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to liken this to one of my baseball idols, and, and he is like Yadier Molina to the team room he's aging a bit not that spieth is aging but you know he's not he's not at the same level that he was right at the peak of his power spieth is not there no but even if he wasn't i don't think there's a way you leave him off the team because he's he's the quarterback to the team he's like having an extra coach out there um he's and he has so much experience with the Ryder cup at this point like, yeah. Well, and the thing I was just looking true. back, like, it, does he have of the the people who are out there? Yes, him and DJ. I was gonna say it's him. Yes. It's DJ, obviously, and then him, yes. right? Yep, yep. And and so. and I'm assuming you mean longest tenure, most points at that time, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, who's it's, been on the most teams? It's it's them, hands yeah. down. So and and so here's the other thing about speed. Everybody knows, every professional knows in golf how fleeting greatness can be, especially when you are at a level like Jordan Spieth, which was astronomical. Now, there are guys mm-hmm. on this team that never even got to that level. So for them to see where he was at, where he fell to, and where he is now, I think that in and of itself is so inspirational to some of these young rookies. Yeah, definitely. And... Th- it's actually this is it's completely absurd. So this is his fourth Ryder Cup, right? This DJ's fifth, Kepka's third, and no one else had played in more than one before this one. Wild. I mean, this is really a super young nucleus. That, like I said, for the next, you know, the next six to seven Ryder Cups, the, aside from a few interchangeable parts. And then I'm kind of looking at like you know Finau, English, and Scheffler. Um, mm, Scheffler I, I might be legit. Look, I'm gonna tell you, dude. I had no idea this guy was a was like six eight. Like he's st- stupid mm. tall. I had no idea whatsoever. Um, but you see him shake hands at the end. And he just dwarfs people. Um, and he seems like a killer. He, he he's like him good, and Harris really English seem like killers out there. 
he's really good with match play. And I think that that keeps him around. You know, obviously provided his game, you know, stays up. Sure. Yeah, stays on track. Hey, uh, real another quick question just came in as I was checking Instagram. Golf with Dad says, would you root for Bryson if he doesn't wear the Hogan hat? Um, I, not, look, I don't not root for Bryson. I, I root for Bryson, okay, because I'm, I've said it before. I hate the fact that, that he blocked us, you know, when we were big, big fans. Mm. But that's water under the bridge now, right? The dude's, you know, a little bit nuts, a little bit sociopath, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot eccentric. But I, I love people that are different, that make waves, because no one remembers everyone that's just plain vanilla, right? And he's standing out, and he's making a name for himself. I'm going to watch the long drive. You know why I'm going to watch the long drive? Because Bryson's in it. Not because the long drive is exciting, because it's not. It's people hitting golf balls. Yeah. So th- this is a sport that needs characters. Correct. Heroes and villains. Exactly. And right now, uh, you know, you name a bigger character in this sport than Bryson DeChambeau. All Bryson is like, is like Steve Austin, Stone Cold, right? Mm-hmm. Where he was like a good guy, but a bad guy, but you liked mm-hmm. him. But he did bad things. Right. Like Bryson does bad. Bryson says stupid things, right? Like Bryson's immature. Bryson doesn't think. Bryson might be off base with how society actually functions, and you hate that. But then you see Bryson play, and why do you go to tournaments? You you go to pay to see people do things that you can't physically do, and Bryson is doing things that the people that you pay to see can't physically do. Right, exactly. So, there you go. So that that man is is in his own stratosphere right now. Um, Andy Johnson from from the Fried Egg told a really funny story. He said that he was sitting there, Bryson was about to tee off, and out of the corner of his eye, he catches a guy that that comes up like five feet next to him with like this big entourage, flips his phone out, starts recording, they're jumping up and down, hooting and hollering because Bryson takes driver out. That guy was Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Like, so Bryson can have that impact on an otherworldly athlete. Like, the right. greatest three-point shooter in the history of basketball. Don't argue with me. Statistics prove it. He has that effect on that guy. Like, imagine your 30 handicapper that hits the ball 180 off the tee. Right. And he's standing there, and Bryson drives the first green on Sunday. And that's and that right there, I mean, that's all you need to know. If other otherworldly athletes are hyped to see him. Right. If other big dogs are coming out to see the big dog in your sport, like you're on top of the world. Right. So yes, I I do I do root for him. Absolutely. Um, we gotta we gotta get uh what about Europe? Best worst performers, real quick. I mean I has to be Rom. Yeah, uh, you know it's. I mean, I'm just looking here. So yeah, I mean, Rom definitely. Um, he's really the only one who uh, he played all five and actually got points. Yeah. Um, I mean, worst worst. Sergio for me, played. Sergio played good. Sergio I, you know. wrote his coattails, dude. Yeah, and, and yeah, but he, you know, he played okay. 
but he was he was riding the hot hand with Rom. Like anybody that oh, played absolutely. with Rom would have won points. Sure. Um, you know, they decided to put the Spanish Armada back together. Hey, did you see that they added a sportsmanship award? Yes. And that I, DJ I, and Sergio won it. Sergio, he who flips off fans, spits in cups, and destroys bunkers, won the sportsmanship award at the Ryder Cup. Uh, you know what? I guess at some point you have to like give it to the elder statesman. Uh, I, 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 whatever. I, you know what? I, gosh, it's so funny. Again, it's it's one funny thing I, I, golf has so much in common with professional wrestling. You know how professional wrestling, Scott, like they'll just abandon storylines to start something new up. Uh, sure. That's they do that a ton. That's what that's what professional golf wants us to to have the memory of, right? They, they're like, oh no, Sergio never did that stuff. No, 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 that was no. Nah, don't worry about that. Sergio has the best sportsmanship. And you're like, no, no, no. Let me give you 15 examples <laughs> off the top of my head where he didn't. And they're like, oh, those? No, nah, that was a different season. Like that was season one. We're on season 20. Right now, he has the best sportsmanship. Right. And I'm reading this PGA Tour article in which it says, yeah, they gave it to him because during his press conference, it just sounded like he really cared about his teammates. <laughs> I, okay. I'm I would sure just he, love to see who voted on that. I'm sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, you know how, like, like, you know, we're both teachers. And you have the bad kid in class, and you praise the bad kid because, like today, they, you didn't punch anyone today. Like I am so proud Yo, of you. Donna, doing you, you did a great job today, not murdering anyone. Right, and there's you the kid, get a cookie. The kid in the back is like, "Yo, teach." Like I have an A. Um, I'm in honor society. Like I help you all the time answering questions and stuff. How did I do? Like, are oh, you doing Shut great, up, Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, uh, just keep quiet back there, okay? Don't raise your hand next time. Mm. And John's like teach like it was really hard for me not to slit, slit you know slit this kid's throat today but um you know the words you said meant a lot to me so instead i just punched him in the head i'm like john that's dude you're the man so proud of you that's like the Ryder cup and the pga and everything are basically that's what they're saying to sergio like mm. Serge, that's awesome dude you didn't thanks for not spitting in our cup <laughs> thanks for also not destroying our bunkers and honestly thanks for not flipping off the fans of the midwest we appreciate it yeah definitely appreciate it definitely and sergio, sergio's like oh yeah uh, you're very welcome. What do I get for it? Oh, as a matter of fact, here's an award we just made up. <laughs> it's like the and and how many awards is the PGA Tour going to name after Jack Nicholas? Anything and everything they can. Right. So, I mean, at least this one they had you know Tony Jacklin in, but it's like, what are we going to name this award? Uh, I'll just call it the Nicholas Award. We have like four of those right now. No one will know. Yeah, like, yeah, we give them out at different times of the year, though, so it's okay. Mm. No one will confuse them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, I'm just let, let me. I'm looking through my notes real well, quick. Well, worst yeah. worst player on the Euro. I'm gonna. I I have a collective group. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna go with Westwood. I feel bad. He won his. He won a singles match, but <laughs> I mean, you know what. It's the only point he had all week. It was an irrelevant match. It didn't mean anything, you know. He's in my collective group. 
Okay. Who else you got? I am give. Right, it's a three way tie for me. Uh, Rory, Westwood, and your boy Poulter. All right. Look. First I, off, let me defend. Let me defend Poulter. Okay. I, let me I, just you, this. I, I think it, you. There's room to defend him, and then I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. But go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here's here's the only thing I need to say. Poulter should not have even have been on this team. Correct. Like it literally blew me away when Harrington made that choice. I mean, I, I th- there's nothing that a 46, 48 year old man can contribute that that literally poofs it off the tee. Um, with 40, that being 45, said, by the way. 45. Gosh, he looks a lot. Wow. He's only two years old than me. That's shocking. <laughs> Gosh, that's a hard living life. I guess he must have had. Um, yeah, it's all those Ferraris. It's really rough. Yeah. God, he's wow. Okay. Well, the Euros are not aging well. Anyway, he shouldn't have been on the team. The fact that he won a point to keep his Sunday singles undefeated makes me very happy because this should be his last. If it is his mm-hmm. last, I'm glad he went out on top. While he was a thorn in the U.S. side, you know, I love him as a player. I love the fact that he came from literally nothing, forging his handicap to get into tournaments over in the U.K. Um, so he's a self-made man. And whatever he wants to spend his money on and, and do on Instagram and stuff is fine by me. I'm just very happy that he's going to go down in history as undefeated in singles. I, I And again, like I said, I think there's room to def- – to defend him there. Um, what my issue with the three of them is, is that collectively they earned a grand total of zero points on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough and and again, when you, things. when that's what you're getting out of your like veteran stalwarts. Right. And, right. and, and Polzer who's there again, what he brings off the course is somewhat more valuable, I guess, than on the course. Yeah. Although some of what he brings, that that energy is is on course also. So when that when those three are not earning anything the first two days, I, I don't know. It's not you it's know, not a good look. Here's another thing that took me a little bit aback in the beginning, the first few days. Normally. When you are on the European team and you've lost, you're usually right back out on the course following mm-hmm. other groups. And maybe the setup of Whistling Straits didn't allow this, but it, it just seemed to me like this Euro team was discombobulated. They didn't have the passion of the teams in the past. Um Maybe not the chemistry. I don't, I don't know. But something was like even visually just watching the Ryder Cup, there was something lacking. Maybe it was the fact that they got blown out every session. I mean, maybe that had something to do with it. I almost wonder, you know, travel in the time of COVID. Does that have an impact on it? Could be. I, I mean, again, a lot of them do live in the U.S., but who knows? Yeah. No, I, it's – uh. I have I have no argument with your worst of for Europe at all. I, and again, I wish it was different, you know. But in all honesty, the the other option would be, uh, well, uh, Casey and Fitzpatrick also earned zero points, but 
Bernard Weisberger, you know, also with zero points, like, uh, okay, that's kind of like yeah, I, what I you'd expect little, from him. I give, yeah, I give him a pass because he's a rookie, you know? Yeah, Fitzpatrick, okay, but again, is he just overmatched there? Like, yeah, I mean, the bon- look, the bottom line with Team Europe is if your name was not John Rom, then you shoulder all the blame. Right. You know, he's he's if you're if you're nitpicking, he's the only one that gets off scot free, I believe. Yeah, no, he definitely he definitely had the best best week weekend. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, I think I think that kind of wraps up the Ryder Cup in a nutshell. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. So it's nice now because I think we'll be recording you know a lot more often, at least once a week now. Um, golf season is coming to an end for me. Uh, we had our conference tournament today and district qualifiers is next Monday followed by districts, uh, the week after, but no more I, matches or anything, you know, which lasts till nine o'clock at night. I do want to ask you one more Ryder cup question. Sure. Who, who do you think is the next captain for both teams? Cause now we're getting into like <clears throat> our, like our generation of guys that we yeah. watched growing up. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I Harrington was, and Stricker certainly. Yeah. That was now clearly it's... evident to see in the assistant coaches on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so if it's me, I'm holding off Phil and Tiger's captains until I'm back in the U.S. If you don't make Phil the captain for Beth Page, I think you're insane. I totally agree with you there. You're, you're absolutely insane. You have missed merchandise. You have missed hype. You've missed everything. You do not have your pulse on the finger of golf. So if we are to lose... In Europe, I think the sacrificial lamb has to be Jim Furyk. Okay. A guy that is respected but isn't a big name. You know, the guys will get around. It's like you don't want to sacrifice one of your goats to the Europeans over there. You know, like, because you want to keep this momentum going, right? Mm -hmm. So Tiger and Phil are two big money makers for the next 20 years, let's say. They could each captain two or three of them. Honestly. Sure, sure. I, I would think actually that they, they probably are captaining more than one. They may, they may alternate, you know, do a Phil, Tiger, Phil, Tiger I, kind of thing. I, I, could, I could easily see that starting with Beth Page. Starting with Beth yep. Page. Um, so but, so, yeah, what, I, you're, I would, so would, what you're saying, though, is that – Furyk's getting another shot. I think so, and and I and I think you put him to rest. No one wants their first time out as captain to be in Europe, honestly, with a losing squad. I think that you know, quote unquote, if there's such a thing as team morale, I think it'll knock it down a bit. So mm-hmm. it's like, hey, been there, done that. Did great for us if we lose, you know, it's only because Europe is so strong at home. And then it's like, let's start again back up in the U.S. Let's start fresh. Phil, Beth Page, bang out the park. It would be insane. Uh, I can get, I mean, I definitely get behind that. Or, or Zach Johnson, whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I could see that too. Does to... uh does does Kucher get a shot? 
Because two years from now might be his last chance. Because, like we said, it's going to be Tiger and Phil for a while. Yeah, I mean, I think he does. Um, but honestly, I could kind of see Kuchar going the way of Larry Nelson. <laughs> Never mm. get the ability to lead the team because he's so, I mean, at least to the media world, he seems so meek and, and so right. you know, mild-mannered. Like, yeah, we want to win because he's nice, but can he rile us up? Like, can he get right. us excited? It's a good question. Uh, and, and I mean, obviously this is not crucial anymore, but no majors. Right. So that, you know, Stricker, obviously none either, but that, that may or may not play into it. So, all right. Well, that's interesting. I just, yeah, that was the, the other name from sort of that era that came to mind. What about, uh, what about for the Euros? You know, the Euros, the Euros are very difficult because, they don't have a lot of strong young guys right. coming up in the ranks. So I think everyone that should be getting a captainship over the next 10 years might have to keep playing because they're not that strong. Right. You know, you're, again, like we said, you're Westwood, you're Poulter. I mean, look, Poulter needs at least two of them. You, I mean, you got to give them two. A mm-hmm. home and away. Um, you know, you're, you're Sergio. Serge probably does. Serge, Serge owns the most Ryder Cup points in history. You got to give him two. Yep. And if you're doing that, quite honestly, Westwood probably deserves two as well because he's been at the top of the European rankings for two plus decades. Yeah. So, I mean, conceivably, between those three right there, you know... I mean, Gosh. it's in Italy. You're not going to give it to Constantino Roca. <laughs> <laughs> he of Valley of Sin fame. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it depends on. Uh, look, a lot depends on where I, it is. Right yeah. guy for the right place. I mean, you know, I mean, why did Stricker get it? Because he's Wisconsin dude. Come on, I mean, right. You know, a lot of that plays into it. Um, where guys have history at courses and stuff like that. Like, imagine if they go to Torrey Pines, you know, for a Ryder Cup. You're telling me if Tiger's 75 years old, they're not going to give it to him? Uh, I, yeah, I think if it ever goes to Torrey Pines, it's pretty much, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you know, that's his backyard. Uh, hey, but all yeah, good questions. I actually think the, the, the Euro, you know, the Euros are kind of like more, I, I think that's actually a tougher pick. Because again, like you said, like which of those guys do you give it to? They're all they've all been so good for so long. Whereas the US just like, all right, flip a coin, Tiger Phil. Right. Right. So I'm reading just real quick. Um Golf Week has an article out that that feels that um Zach Johnson will be the next Ryder Cup captain for the US. Okay, that's kind of that's kind of the word on the street right there. Uh, again, another guy who's around for a while, who's played in you know more than a few. So yeah, and Lee Westwood said during the one press conference, he said, "Look, I'll uh, you know put my hand up, I'll secede Harrington." And uh, hey, hey, don't forget, don't forget about Graham McDowell either. In twenty twenty seven, they're going to a dare manor. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. they're in Ireland at some point. That'll that'll yeah. be his. Yeah. You know, maybe in 2025, 
you know, 2023 goes to Westwood, 2025 goes to Poulter, uh, 2027 goes to, uh, goes to Graham McDowell. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, just, I I look, Phil Mickelson, captainship of the 2025 Ryder Cup at Beth Page against Poulter. I, I said at the top of the show that I probably wouldn't go. Uh, I might go just to see that. Yeah, you give me that, and and I'm making the trip from PA over, hands down. Yeah, you know that, that that's that, like that's fun. like Hulk Hogan versus The Rock at WrestleMania. Did that happen? Um, and was it a pay per view? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, everyone wanted. Everyone wanted. Stone Cold versus Hogan, but they gave it to The Rock instead, which turned out to be probably, in hindsight, the better choice. Fair. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got anything else? Uh, I don't, um, but uh, it's good listen, to good to be listen. back and do this again. It is, and thanks to everyone that that has kept up with us on Instagram and kept submitting questions even when we haven't had <laughs> podcast to answer them on. Scott, last question. Have you got out and played any golf? Uh, since the last we, we talked, I have not. And on that note, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Feels like it sometimes. Be good. The game of golf is more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. Blue skies, bright sun, the walk, good friends, and the shots that keep you coming back. That is golf. Iconic, vintage, classic. Eagles and Arrows didn't create the look. They've only perfected it. Eagles and Arrows provides the classic American golf look with a modern spin. Hats, gloves, club head covers, and my favorite, the vintage American carry bag, are some of the amazing items you can find at eaglesandarrows.com. Follow them on Instagram at eaglesandarrows.co. It's Eagles and Arrows Company, C-O, on Instagram. Love golf, live life, Eagles and Arrows.